Welcome to the On the Road to Freedom podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. We can't wait to get into the Word with you and share some truth that's going to change your life. Make sure and hit the subscribe button and help us spread the Word by rating and reviewing the show. You can also connect with us at mylon.org for more helpful resources. Now, let's get into today's show. I want to read to you out of Hebrews Uh, the fourth chapter, if you have your Bibles, or if you take notes. um, The Lord said this to me, and I've been meditating on it and trying to figure out what to do about it. We we quote this on every TV show. We quote John 8, 31 and 32. God said, if you continue in my word, Jesus said that, you'll be my disciples and you'll know the truth and it'll set you free. But if you don't continue... I mean, he wouldn't have said you have to continue if you didn't need to. A lot of people read the Bible a few times and think, okay, I got this now. I'm a mature Christian. And they stop growing in the third grade or wherever they are at the time. If God had said, if he had not said you got to continue, we wouldn't have to continue. We'd have this. I'm 75 years old. And trust me, I'm going to continue. I have made up my mind. I need what God wants me to have. I need it. Desperately, I need the Holy Spirit. I need God to be God at my house all day, every day. The first song he ever, I was a musician a long time ago, and and, uh, my parents were musicians, and I started writing songs as a teenager, and the first song that I ever wrote that ever got recorded by anybody was a song called Without Him. Without Him, I could do nothing. Without him I'd surely fail. Without him I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. Simple, childlike song. And uh, Elvis cut it and Johnny, a whole bunch of people cut it, like over 120 in the first year and a half. And I was 17 when I had just gotten out of high school. I was in the Army. And all of a sudden, in those days, you had to join. Uh, you either joined or you got drafted, so I joined. So, you know, you're, what do you do? You, you, you're, you're in this situation, and you know that uh, God wants to do amazing things. You're not sure what to do about it. All of a sudden, uh, Elvis cuts a song, and I have choices to stay here. I was living, my parents... We're, you know, we were extremely poor, raised in a trailer, and I don't mean a new one. Do y'all know the difference in poor and po? Because if you don't, you ain't never been po, that's for sure. And uh, we thought rich people had a double wide, if that tells you anything. So if you grow up in that and all of a sudden the biggest star in the world cuts one of your songs and you get a check, and I got a check in the mail, and I was making $84 a month in the Army, and all of a sudden I got a check and I bought, I won't tell you how much the check was, but I will tell you I bought a new Corvette, a new Harley, um, uh, a, a speedboat and a trailer, a Martin D27 guitar, uh, uh, D28, I'm sorry, and a, uh, two pair of Levi's and some leather Converse All-Stars. <laughs> it was Thursday. I remember that. It was on a Thursday. <laughs> and uh, so I just went a little crazy there. I'd never, 
Didn't take me long to decide either. Went to the core of that place. That, that was the one. There was only one sitting there, and it was the color I wanted. You know, it was just, it was amazing. So I only told you that to say that you never know what God's about to do. You know, for all those years, the most money I'd ever had, I had a paper route. Got on my bicycle, rode around town, throwing my papers. If they all landed on the porch and the dog didn't need any of them and the rain didn't get any of them, I made $18 a week. That was high finance for this kid. But in the neighborhood I grew up in, you didn't, it's like you didn't save your money and go buy a new glove to play baseball. You bought bologna and cheese because that's just the way it was. You know what I mean? You bought what you had to. Mama, uh, on, uh, at Christmas, Mama would get like a, an iron. It's not what she wanted. It's just what she needed. So all of a sudden, another door opened. Now, I'm going to talk to you about a spiritual door tonight. And, and I'm going to tell you by the Holy Spirit that there are some doors available that the Lord is opening doors that no man can close for you. And you just need to be real sensitive right now. These days, these are last days, and God has a plan for the church of Jesus Christ, and that's you. If you're born again, God has a plan for you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, and they're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. They're plans to bless you. They're full of hope. Man, they're amazing, wonderful plans, and those plans have not changed. Whatever you think has gone on in your life, like I said, Lazarus was dead. It's not too late for God. Don't let the devil steal your hopes and dreams. God has a plan. You need to adopt his plan, not yours. Don't waste your time trying to talk him into adopting your plan. Most Christians spend their whole prayer life trying to talk God in, trying to tell God what to do. Instead of finding out what God's already blessed. Y'all, do you know that he's already blessed his plan? His plan is amazing, and it's got his power back in it. And, and all you have to do is find out what that is and get in that. The Bible calls it your wealthy place. There's a reason he calls it your wealthy place. Amen. Now, let me read you uh, a little bit here in Hebrews 4. Verse 1, and this is the Amplified a classic version. I, I really like it. I think it helps you to understand. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still holds and is offered today, let us be afraid or to respect, to reverence God. Let us be afraid to distrust it, lest any of you should think he has come too late and has come short of reaching it. Verse 2, for indeed we have had the glad tidings, that's the gospel of God, Proclaim to us just as truly as they, the Israelites of old, did when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. I'm going to stop for just a second. Bondage, there's, there's, a, there's a thousand kinds, but bondage would be things like fear. A lot of people are in bondage to fear. Some are in bondage to uh, drugs, and some of them are, a lot of them are from doctors. I mean, they're not like they're out trying to score and get loaded. It's just that they, they had some pain in their back and they took something for it and they got strung out and they were embarrassed by it, but they hadn't learned how to deal with it and, they, and they're in trouble. And sometimes it's uh, rejection. Sometimes it could be bondage to uh, 
somebody, you know, some Christians, God told us not to be unequally yoked, but a lot of Christians marry unsaved people. And then uh, their sweet guy that they love so much that was so good looking and had so much money and he was so kind and everything, they wake up and he's turned into the Hulk. And, you know, and they're in bondage. There are a lot of kind of bondage, but anything that would put you in bondage is the exact opposite of the will of God. God wants to set you free and free indeed. And if we continue in the word, he's going to set us free. Amen. Well, I just want to remind you today, especially Team Milan out there, that whatever challenges you're facing, faith is how we win. 1 John 5, 4 says, whatever is born of God, and that's you and me, praise God, overcomes this world and everything in it. And this is the victory that overcomes even our faith. So because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, this means that in every crisis, whether it's in your health, in your finances, or your relationships, you need someone to preach faith to you. Yeah. That's why shows like On the Road to Freedom are so vital. That's why other shows that preach the message of the Word of Faith are so vital right now, yeah. because we need to hear and hear and, and hear, hear the Word, and we Amen. need to hear the Word preached and preached and preached, yeah. because faith keeps rising. It rises up and it gets stronger and stronger and renews your mind to the promises of God, and that's how we win. So when you join Team Milan, you are helping us to preach faith to the nations, right. that when they choose to believe God and trust in His Word, that they overcome. They are winners in Christ right. Jesus. And if you'd like to be a part of Team Milan, you just go to mylan.org and connect on Team Milan today, and we make an agreement with you to speak faith-filled prayers over your life, Amen. over your giving, and we believe that you're going to walk in the fullness of your call in these last days. We love you. God bless you. So deliverance from bondage came to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith. With the leaning of the entire, here's what he calls faith. The leaning of the entire personality on God in absolute trust. If you take notes, I'd, I'd, that is an explanation of what absolute faith is. Absolute trust and confidence in God's power, wisdom, and goodness. This is so important. The goodness of God. You cannot trust a God who's not good all the time. Amen. If he does one sneaky bad thing, if one time he would have you standing on his word and jerk the rug out from under you and let you fight the devil by yourself, he's not a good God. If he's ever told one lie, if there's one sentence in the word of God that's not true, then he's a liar. But there's not one sentence that's not true. God tells the truth. God is honest. Until you settle that issue, you'll be tested on this until you pass the test. Some people never do. A lot of Christians go to church all their life and they die hoping the word of God is true. And hope is going in the right direction. Uh, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is important. It's the blueprint of faith. But it's not faith. 
What is faith? We're reading it here. Absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and the fact that God is always good. Now, here's the deal. God's going to be good to somebody today, and you get to decide whether it's you or not. Most people think God decides. No, he doesn't. In, in Deuteronomy, he said, you choose this day. Remember when Deuteronomy 30, he had Moses read all the five books of the Bible to the people. In 3019, he said, I've set before you life and death, the blessings of the curse. Now you choose. You get to choose the life and blessing or death and the curse. The problem is people who don't choose life don't like the curse. He actually realized how, how many dumb decisions had been made, so he gave us a hint. He said, choose life. <laughs> I've seen some of y'all's decisions, so I'm going to give you a little information here because it's like a test with the, with the answers on the blackboard. Come on. God is, he's good. Choose life, but it is a choice. You make a lot of choices every day, and every time you make one, you choose life or death, the blessing or the curse. You do things God's way or you do things your way. Now, most people think, oh, it's God or the devil. No, it's not. It's God or you. When Jesus was talking about, he said, you can't serve two masters. He didn't even mention the devil. He said, it's me or money. He said, you're going to choose. Here's the choice again. You're going to choose which you put your faith in. You're going to spend the rest of your life trying to get more money because you think it'll make your life better. Or you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to get more of me, more information about me, more revelation about me, more understanding of me. You're going to try to fellowship and get closer, and you're going to filter every thought you have and every word you say and every, every action you take and every reaction you take through my word and by my spirit. Or you're going to choose money. And, and the God of this world, if you choose money, will you'll spin you in circles the rest of your life. It doesn't mean you'll be evil. It doesn't mean you're robbing banks and shooting people. It just means that you chose something other than Jesus as your Lord and Master. But it's a choice. And the good news is whenever we become aware or it's revealed to us that we made a bad choice, in other words, we find out we were deceived. Please get this. I beg of you. Please get this. Every Christian is deceived in some areas. If it were not true, Jesus would not have said, continue in my word. You would need to continue if you didn't. Only since he said the truth will set you free. If you knew all the truth, you wouldn't need to continue. In some areas, we don't yet have an understanding of the full truth. That's why we continue to press on toward the mark of the high column. Now, in order for us to get that, what is he talking about here? He's coming on down here. He's, he's trying to share something. He said, absolute trust and confidence in God's power, wisdom, and goodness by those who heard it. That's us tonight. We're hearing it. Neither were they united in faith with the ones, Joshua and Caleb, their leaders, like your pastors, for instance, who heard and did believe. For we who have believed, adhered to, and trusted in, and relied on God, we do enter the rest in accordance with his declaration that those who did not believe should not enter when he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. 
And this he said, although his works had been completed and prepared and waiting for all those who would believe from the foundation of the world. Now, I'm going to stop right there for a second and go to verse 7. Um, we don't need to read all this. It'll be too long. But it says here in verse 7, again, he sets a definite day, a new today, and gives another opportunity of securing that rest, saying that through David, after so long a time in the words already quoted today, if you would hear God's voice, and when you hear it, do not harden your hearts. In other words, when we hear correction, do not harden our hearts. He said, that's what happens when people become hearers only and not doers of the word. They hear the word, but it's a little uncomfortable because it's, it's humbling to admit, wait a minute, I've been reading the Bible every day for 39 years. You mean I've been missing this for 39 years and I read that how many times? Yes, that's exactly what it means. It means, Mylon, you need to keep, stay, stay humble, be careful. Don't ever think I got this. Amen. amen. I got one amen and two yes. Anybody else want to vote on that one? <laughs> Come on now, I need y'all's help up in here. Verse 9 says, so then there is still awaiting a full and complete Sabbath rest reserved for the true people of God. Now, my wife and I have been praying about that. We've been on the road now for, I mean, we've been traveling and, and preaching all over the world, mainly here in the States, but all over the world for a long time. And then all of a sudden this opportunity came, Brother Copeland called and gave us this opportunity to be on his network about, about two years ago. And all of a sudden, and I was 73 years old. Now, normally you take on something where you're going to need another six or 800 grand. You do that when you're 30 or 40. You don't usually do that when you're 73. Come on. And when I started praying about it, I really, I, I was excited about the thought because I love creative projects, but, but I just didn't want the stress and the pressure. I thought at 75, I'd be chilling a little bit. You know, I sort of had a plot, a plan. So I was sort of looking forward to entering the rest. Now, I'm sort of trying to give you all a hint here. Some of y'all got this plan to just chill, and God's got some important stuff. He's, he's had you in Holy Ghost school. Whether you know it or not, that's what this is. You're sitting in it right now. And he's teaching you stuff that you're going to need because of what he's about to do. Verse 10, for he who has once entered God's rest also has ceased from the weariness and pain of human labors. Now that doesn't mean he's lazy. That doesn't mean he doesn't work hard. That means he rests while he's working or she. It means they've laid down the concern this is what faith is. You enter the rest of God by faith. And the kind of faith that it takes to do that, I'm going to read you verse 12 here because I think this is just so beautiful. Just the first sentence. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. That's the word I'm reading you right now. And I, I humbly as I know how to say this, I hope you're reading it every day at your house. 
If you want your kids to think that the word of God is important, it doesn't do any good to preach that to them. If they don't see you reading it every day, they know it ain't important to you. But if they see it being a part of your life every day, and if you think it's important enough to sacrifice what it takes to read it to them and with them, it'll make a huge difference. I'm supposed to wash her in the water of the word. If I don't do that, I'm not the man of God that I would like to think I am. That's not just a, when God puts something in the Bible, it ain't like he needs to sell Bibles, y'all. He ain't trying to make it a couple pages longer so he can get a deal at the publisher's house, you know. When God says something, it's because that's an instruction from the throne room of heaven. And I want the favor of God to surround me like a shield, don't you? That means his word's real plain. It's real simple. He said, you honor me, I'll honor you. You treat my word like it's important, then when you pray, I'll pay attention to what you're saying. I won't be busy when you call. Amen? For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the divining line of the breath of life, or the soul, in other words, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrows of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging our very thoughts and purposes of our hearts. Now, we're talking about the rest of God, but we're actually talking about absolute faith. What is absolute? Let me read you a description of the word absolute. Absolute is perfect, complete, not mixed. It's pure. It's unlimited, as in absolute power. It's positive. There's no doubt involved. It's real, as in absolute truth, and it is not relative to any other circumstance or situation. God, in other words, is absolutely good. What is absolute faith? It's real faith. What does it mean to have absolute faith? It means you are a fanatic. Some people, have you ever been called a fanatic? Has anybody in here ever been called a religious fanatic or a, uh, sure. Well, I'm definitely one. I speak in an unknown tongue. Think of it. I'm either the dumbest guy you ever met. I speak in a language. I don't even know what I'm saying. Now, either I'm onto something holy or I'm dumb as a tree. Right? Come on. I'd say this is a little fanatic. Now, the good news is I can pray to the God who gives utterance by the Holy Spirit to me, and he will give me the interpretation of, what he ju- of the utterance he just gave me. And all of a sudden, I will be able to be in agreement with God. Now, trust me, those prayers come, they get answered. Those prayers always come to fruition. And, that's invi- and it's available to anybody. God's not withholding that just for preachers. Anybody that believes him can ask him and he will tell them. Now, you might have to spend a little extra time with him. He, he won't work on your clock. God doesn't let you tell him, okay, God, I need to answer by three because I'm going to do some other stuff. I want to watch my favorite TV show. No, God won't let you be God. God tells me what to do. I don't tell him what to do. Come on. Now, Psalm 18 and verse 30 in the Amplified says, As for God, his way is perfect. 
Psalm 19, verse 7, in the NLT says, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the self, perfect. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. I'll take some of that. How about anybody else want any of that? Wisdom for the simple, amen. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. Anybody need joy in your heart? Now, come on, people, there's a... A lot of people, a lot of Christians are depressed. There are people in this room right now that are taking Zoloft and Xylox and all that stuff that starts with Z and X. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? There's a ton of them and they get them from their doctor, but they will, there is no pill. God said it this way. He said, I've not given you the spirit of fear. In other words, fear is not a feeling or an emotion. It's a spirit. And you can't get rid of a demon spirit with a pill. Now you can take enough Zoloft to where you're too stoned to remember what you're worried about or afraid of. But when Zoloft wears off or the Xerox or whatever it is, you know, (laughs) when it wears off, you're going to be scared again. And you're going to be worried about it again. But what you can do is rebuke that spirit of fear in the name of Jesus and that sucker will get out of your life. No hangover. You don't have to pay for any medication. And, uh, and, and everybody's not mad at you for being so grouchy all the time because you're loaded. <laughs> I could preach on that for a week or two. <laughs> the commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. And the laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. First Peter, the first chapter in the 19th verse says, you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. In other words, the perfect sacrifice. That's what God used to, we're talking about perfection now. We're talking about absolute. This, these descriptions are uh, how to get from hoping that God is honest to knowing it and never having any doubt under any circumstance. Because you can't enter the rest if you think God's going to leave you holding the bag. 